Welcome to the Two Grumpy Bastards Podcast, where feelings aren't felt and snowflakes melt. Buckle up, it's gonna be a bumpy ride. These confines with a monarch's voice cry havoc! city steps. You insult my queen. You threaten my people with slavery and death. Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian. Perhaps you should have done the same. This is blasphemy. This is madness. Madness. This is Sparta! They painted over ants. I got to tell you, that dog fart is, it's kind (laughs) of, really? Woof. All right. I better, I might want to leave this in, actually. For those of you that don't have a coon hound, God bless you. It's like I'm chopping onions right now. (laughs) I swear to God. Thanks, buddy. All right, here we go with today's today's intro. But now when I see him, it tells me to fuck myself. Well, play Canada, play Canada. It seems that everything's gone wrong since Canada came along. Play Canada, play Canada. They're not even a real country anyway. My son could. The only thing I liked about that South Park movie, by the way, and I love South Park. That movie was so over the top. Um, hey, it, it actually I, I watched that much in South Park for like a, a couple of years. It was that over the top. I watched that movie when I was in the army in the summer of 1999. Um, and I remember walking out of that movie thinking, coming here and seeing this is the reason I'm going to go to hell. Um, <laughs> right. I, I love South Park and I still do. And um, by the way, if you guys haven't seen their uh, COVID and and after COVID specials that you can, I think, I think you can get them on prime. I think you can get them on Amazon prime. They're fucking phenomenal. They actually do this time travel thing where they're all like adults now. And then they have to go back in time to try to convince them. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. But, um, especially Eric Cartman being <laughs> a rabbi, rabbi. Yeah, I've seen a, rabbi that. a rabbi with a family that he adores. And he's trying to, trying to save, um, that was a stroke of genius. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Canadian situation today. But uh, uh, before we get to that, a little housekeeping, Russ. I got a lot of comments on our last our last podcast with the crossover with the Endless Ranters. I hey, said the Endless Ranters. I said it correctly. Yay, me. Good job. I get some, I get some Kool-Aid or something. Um, a <laughs> um, couple of things. For those of you worried, for those of you worried that I actually I verbally abuse Russ, um, the the uh, the one what? comment, 
I, I got a lot of comments about that. And the one and the one thing that people <laughs> when I said when gay or retard, I only gave you two options that everybody listen, listen, everybody listen to this very clearly. I don't say stuff like this very often. I adore Russ. He's my bro. I would I would I would lay down in traffic for him. I respect him almost more than any other human being on planet Earth. And he's an intellectual fucking commando so fuck off it's our shtick it's the way we get along Russ takes so many shots at me that you guys have no idea he's just not as overt about it so fuck off with the comments about hey let let me make a comment about that first of all okay I appreciate folks thinking they need to come to my defense you know hey give me a warm and fuzzy right here sure Um, but but folks two things number one I have taken loads of abuse throughout my life this is not it Matter of fact, if anything, the abuse <laughs> I've taken earlier in my life has allowed me to uh, develop my rapier sharp wit. Yes. Um, but second, if for those of you who don't know how veterans operate, um, this is what vets do with each other. I mean, you get a, you get a good buddy that's a vet, and you know, like normal people, if you fall down a stairs, if you let's say you fall down a set of stairs, somebody's going to come running over and saying, "Hey, you good? Everything all right?" You know, but vets fall down the stairs and a, and the buddy's going to run over and say, hey, fucker, don't be so clumsy. I mean, that's just that's just the way it that's just the way it is. Trust me, I've got much thicker skin uh, than than I think y'all seem to know. Well, and we know where it's coming from and we think it's funny. For for instance, and I got some comments on this, too, as part of the housekeeping, Christopher, who is on with us is a very sharp, funny fucking guy. And he jabbed me probably, I don't know. And and did I did I lob up some softballs for him? Of course, because it's called shtick. You and I are two of the most self-deprecating people I know. I, I might talk about, oh, I'm a big Viking, I can kick your ass, but I also I do it out of fun because I know there's there's room for comedy there. Um you know, is that part of my persona and, and part of how I feel about things? Well, you know, I've been through some stuff. I can handle myself. But most of it is just and then and the fucking come back here so I can kick your ass and bring some Advil comment that Chris had towards the end of the podcast was one of the funniest fucking things. <laughs> I I listened to the podcast, I think, two days after I posted it. And I was dying. I was literally dying. I was walking Huck. Huckleberry along a along a path a few miles from here, and I was dying. I was like, "Oh my god, Christopher's so fucking funny. His com his comedic timing is fucking amazing." And he he hit me. I I think half a dozen times with subtle, passive, or even aggressive shit, and it was fucking great. So this is the when I, when I say when I say, "Are you gay or a retard?" I'm not making fun of gays or people who are mentally disabled. This is part of the stuff I I do this because I feel like we need to get over the sensitivity snowflake mentality. And Russ knows I don't think he's either one of those things. It's relax, folks. Relax, relax. We're having fun and we're being old school, and it's it's good. It's good. It it creates it creates a battle rhythm and camaraderie. Go ahead, Russ. For everyone out there in podcast land, um, while I appreciate the sentiment, I can handle myself. I, trust me, if of course you if can. Coops, if Coop said anything that I truly found offensive, which that's going to be really hard to do. I believe it or not, I actually am kind of hard to offend. Um, I don't think, and I'm sure Coop, you wouldn't doubt this. Uh, I, I could come back in some fairly. I can be 
sarcastic and witty about it. And if I really want to, there's ways I can come back that are mean based on what's said. I'm just, I've got, I do have a bit of a vicious streak when I want it Mm -hmm. to come out. I know Um, that about you. So it's, trust me, everything is cool. I do not take any offense. I actually find that people thought that you were picking on me funny. So I, I, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I just wanted to clear the air about that for people that don't get the context of our podcast, Two Grumpy I mean, Bastards. Th- this is a guy that when we were teaching ROTC, um, I don't remember exactly what we were arguing over, but uh, we we were in the Sac State offices and, and you know, you're like, I, I think I was, I was uh, on the computer responding to something and you wanted to get on because we only had one computer in those days at Sac State. And right. you like, listen, Jack, fuck, you're just sitting here jacking off to your comments. You need to get the hell out of the chair so I can do some real work. I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of the way we are. Just the way we are. And, and, and believe it or not, it's not abuse. It's actual love. You don't talk. The thing is, in the military, you don't talk to people you don't like that way. You just don't talk to them. The opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Very well said. It's, uh, yeah. So what sounds like hate and what sounds like, uh, you know, and there's professions that way that if people heard, I've, I've often said this about people in the military and people in like the, the healthcare industry, especially like first responders and ER people and stuff like that. I had a friend, uh, female friend who worked in a, uh, in a hospital and she was a nurse and she used to talk about how much she, she desired giving some of the people that were there feather naps, i.e. putting a pillow over their face. (laughs) (laughs) Does that sound horrible? Yes, but I get it. I get it. You know, having come from a world of where you try to control chaos and people are dying around you and you see horrible things and yes, have I felt that way about people before? I used to. I used to joke. Uh, my dear departed mom, uh, Johanna, who I, you know, how much I love her. I used to. I used to joke with her about that. I'm like, Mom, be quiet. I'll give you a feather nap. And she used to. When I told her the story, she just thought that was the funniest damn thing. Oh, I guess I must be quiet now. <laughs> she well, thought I, that was hilarious. I, it's I it's joke with my own, but it's but it's good stuff. Yeah, I joke with my own mother that. Uh, you know, I'm going to make sure I have as much inheritance as possible because when she goes, we're going to get a uh, twist tie and something with the word hefty on the side. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Life, life, life sucks, everybody. Life is miserable and uh, it's hard and it's a slog. And so you, you, you got to pick out your finer points. So Russ, I have no idea if you're gay or retarded. Um, one of the two. Um I haven't come to a conclusion well, on that yet, but uh, maybe I'm a little bit challenged. The fuck up, lighten the fuck up is what I'm telling everybody out there. My, my wife might disagree with the gay thing. I mean, <laughs> um, no, no, nothing wrong with it. Okay, don't don't. Go there. No, hey, that's not what I was I want, saying. You want to do that? That's fine. It's just it's not my particular cup of tea. So. Uh, for, for people out there, too, that there was a couple of people that said that makes you sound homophobic and turns people off. I am not homophobic. I'm going to state this clearly. I am not scared of a single gay person on planet Earth. That's what homophobic means. That I'm actually scared of you. And that's a little bit of humor there. But also, on the other hand, I have some very close friends. I have some very close relatives who are homosexual. Now, I'm not trying to go, oh, I have a bunch of black friends and do that stuff. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm phobic about is pussy ass leftist bitches phobic. So I don't know. I need to come up with a 
come up with a word for that because I do hate those people. Um, and we'll be talking about one of those people here very, very shortly, i.e. Prime Minister of Canada. Um, and uh, anyway, so that's that's actually a pretty good segue, I think, Russ, into talking about the situation in Canada. And uh, let me give you, uh, let me give you, I got, I got some things to say about the whole situation with the trucker convoy revolts and uh, Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau, who's so sincere about everything. Um, yes, we are not going to allow these fascists to take over this country anymore. That's a goddamn good Justin Trudeau impression right there, actually. It is. Uh, yeah, Russ, uh, go ahead and go ahead and give our peeps kind of your, your viewpoint, your 20,000-foot uh, view and what's going on in Canada right now. Okay, well, for those who don't know, um, we're referring to it as the Great Honkening. Uh, the... The truckers, who are amongst the most vaxxed population in Canada, 90% of Canadian truckers are vaccinated. But there is a vaccine mandate that has gone in on truckers that if they are not vaccinated, when they cross from the United States into Canada with you know goods for the Canadian markets, then they have to quarantine for 14 days and they have to show a negative test. I believe it's they have to show a negative test after that, but don't quote me on that. You're right. You're, you're right. I have it in my notes. Um, well, first of all, 14 days in the life of a trucker is a lot. Um, you know, and it's not like Canada produces a whole lot. Okay. Most of their goods come from the United States. So those loads help sustain, uh, Canadian truckers and, uh, their ability to put food on the table and heat their homes. Well, uh, what I can't seem to get a lot of people to understand, there's a difference between being anti-vaccine and anti-vaccine mandate i'm fully vaccinated i am anti-mandate and there's a whole host of reasons for that both of us both of us share that sentiment we share that sentiment um but a lot of the truckers have have made the point hey we're anti-mandate and unlike the uh how do i put this bitches in antifa uh, and the folks who are burning down the country uh, a year and a half ago um, the world actually needs truckers. You know, you, you, if, if the, the Antifa and BLM protesters decide that they don't want to go to work, okay, we lose some Starbucks baristas, you know, and maybe a couple of activist lawyers. Uh, if the truckers decide they don't want to go to work, you don't get produce. You don't get gas. Uh, you don't get medical supplies. You right. don't get housing construction materials. Right. Truckers are the lifeblood of this, of all trade once it's actually on the land, once it has hit the land and has to get to market. Um, so the truckers descended on Ottawa and basically shut the city down. And they did it very cleverly because uh, there is no law against driving your truck. Okay. There just isn't uh, the, the line to get into Ottawa backed up, I believe 45 miles, something like that. Um, and then Justin Trudeau went and hid like a little bitch away from Ottawa because he didn't want to meet with the truckers. So the truckers were driving through Ottawa. They were on the bridge from Michigan into uh, Ontario, I believe it was. Um, one thing that Trudeau and some of the folks in the Canadian government did was they outlawed honking because they were blaring these enormous horns. You know, we all know how the trucker horns sound. I'm sure that you're all going to make fun of me for my great trucking, my great honk impression, but, uh, like goose's fucking impression, but that's, <laughs> I, 
Um, or geese. But I said gooses, yeah. didn't I? You did. So, you know, that's, that's on both of us there. Uh, <laughs> um, that's terrible. So I said gooses. You know, Trudeau has been treating the truckers as if they're some kind of terrorists, which tells me he doesn't, un- he doesn't understand what terrorism is. He's simply mad that these people aren't bending the knee to him. Right. Um, and there's a whole host of things we can get into with this. Everything from Trudeau somehow calling them racist and sexist and misogynistic, which seems to be the go-to, uh, the go-to move for folks on the left. Of Basically, course, of course. If you got nothing, is- call him a Nazi. If you got nothing, call him a Nazi. That's that's yeah. that's how you do business on the, the left. Charges of racism, sexism, misogyny, bigotry have lost all sting because it's a catch-all for everything. So, you know, you're a racist basically means I don't like you. That, that's what it is now. Um, and for Justin Trudeau, of all people to be trying to call out, it's like Ralph Northam calling it out. I mean, both of them were in blackface, so maybe they're projecting there just a little bit. Um, I've got a little bit more, uh, but that's the the broad uh, overview. I've got some other stuff I want to talk about this, but Coop, I want to get some of your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, thank you. I, you know, what what's amazing to me, Russ, is. Um, God, there's so much to this. I hate Justin Trudeau. He is... I can't believe he and Gavin Newsom don't scissor. I think they should <laughs> scissor and, and put out a video. Because they're the same guy. They are. Um, but this guy got elected prime minister of an entire country. Now, you're, this is coming from somebody who traveled Canada extensively for three years of his life. When I was working for a, uh, a uh, Fortune 500 company... In uh, late 99, I got out of the Army because I was a little bit disenchanted. I didn't get all the way out, though. I stayed in the reserves. Um, And for three years, I worked for a Fortune 500 company and traveled extensively in Canada. Love Canada as a country. I love the people of Canada. I had so much fun there. Back then, the exchange rate was so good. You go into a bar and order a beer and give an American 20, and you get a beer and $24 back. Um, (laughs) So that was good, good stuff. I found the women very beautiful and engaging. I found the people very friendly. But I always thought Canada was a bit of a, uh, oh, God, I don't want to insult Canadians because I love Canadians. But I always thought Canada as a country lacked an identity, I guess. Um, it's it's overshadowed. It's got a little bit of an insecurity complex. It does lack a little right. bit of an identity simply because right. it's overshadowed. It's only got like 30 million people. And it's overshadowed by the most powerful nation in the history of the world right, right. next to you. And they still have a bit of an English and the clash of the French cultures, yet they have the Americans to their south. So it's it's kind of like they can't find out who they are as a people, right? And But I never found that disengaging. I always found Canadians amazing. I, I never in a million years had a bad experience. No, no bad service. Nobody ever looked at me funny. Nobody ever got my fit. Nothing. Nothing when I was in Canada. And I traveled there a lot. I was in Canada three months out of the year at one point in my life, maybe more. And uh, I loved it. Um, well, hey, just real quick, real quick on the the Canadian thing. Um, this is just kind of funny. If you ever listen to, because if you ever listen to Canadians, and I do love most of them, you know, to, to the grain of salt, folks, just have a laugh. But when they talk about their military history, one of the things they like to brag on is how they beat us in the War of 1812 um, because uh, the, the invasion of Canada was repelled from the American side on, at that point. And I'm sitting here, I was, they, First of all, weren't you guys still part of the British Empire at that point? Right. I mean, it wasn't Canada yet. It wasn't yeah, Canada yet. You don't hear a lot of Americans talking about how we beat the French during the French and Indian Wars. Right. I mean, it's, it's just not something we do because that was the British 
So right. Right. riding on the War of 1812, I mean... And by the way, George Washington was a British officer during the French and Indian War, everybody, just to let you know if you want to... Yeah, I mean... That, piece of trivia that, history there. That's a he bit was, like bragging on... Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a bit like, you know, bragging on you beat Michael Jordan in basketball when he was seven years old. I mean, it, it's just not... Right, you were, you were 18 and six foot eight, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so anyway, I, I had to bring that up real quick, so please continue. Sorry no, about it's, that. No, it's, it's okay. So, you know, as much as I try to wonder how this, oh my God, this walking vagina of a human being named Justin Trudeau is the prime minister, and he is, it, you know, a part of it, of course, is the fact that his father, Pierre Trudeau, now, here's the thing. If your name is Pierre, kill yourself. That uh, You just, you don't ex- allow to exist as a man. Pierre, really? I don't care. I don't care if you're a chef. I don't care. If your name is Pierre, just kill yourself. Um, but his dad was a, was a uh, longtime prime minister. He got elected largely on the fact that he came out on his uh, coattails and the fact that he's a nice looking guy. He is a nice looking guy. He's a walking vagina. He is one of the worst, worst national leaders in the history of the world if you look at the way Canada has gone under his leadership. And he still garners uh, 40% approval ratings, which is very low, but that's that uh, people don't understand. Only the United States actually cares about that. If you look at like all the prime ministers of Great Britain and a lot of other countries and Canada, 40% approval rating is nothing that's that big of a deal. Um, that's that's pretty common in countries that aren't called the United States. For, for all the grief that we get, for all the grief that we get about, uh, you know, when the Electoral College doesn't necessarily match the popular vote. I mean, these, these huge majority governments in other countries are elected by 35, 40 percent because they're, parliament, they're parliamentarian systems. They're not you know, right. direct democracies or republics. Right. Well, and and Canada considers itself a democracy. It does, which is which is not true. It's not the way the way they elect. It's it's kind of a. I won't use the R word again that I used about you last week, Russ. But it's like a special needs stepchild of the English parliamentary system. It's different, um, and they they don't call it. They have a Congress. They actually do call it that. They have a Parliament. They have a Prime Minister, not a President. Um, but so let me let me just give you an idea what this democracy looks like right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna read something to you, Russ. Um, I didn't need to put any any uh, any video up because I can do Justin Trudeau perfectly. Um, even though he's literally, I, would you say he's half my size? Maybe. Oh, if that. If that, he's he's about you know five six and about seventy five pounds. Let, let me put it this way. I look like a Viking next to him. <laughs> so, so what I wanted to focus on from my side is his invoking of the Emergencies Act. Okay, this is this is unprecedented in Canadian history. They didn't do it over terrorism. They didn't do it over um, BLM. Matter of fact, Justin Trudeau is very lauded among the left uh, for kneeling at a BLM protest that was actually causing property damage to uh, government property at its time. And he kneeled and said, this is something we need to protect and, you know, the right to assemble and protest and stuff like that. But they invoke the Emergency Act. So the Emergency Act is actually just a, um, a renaming of the war. Uh, help me out here. I'm going I think, I think it's their version of the War Powers Act. War Powers Act, yes. His father actually invoked the War Powers Act in 1970, by the way. 
Um, but it was over kidnapping of government officials and uh, it seemed appropriate. I, you know, in my reason, my my memory serves me correct. It seemed kind of appropriate to invoke it domestically. So, the left. You remember when? I know we're getting we're getting way deep here. We're screwing down. But do you remember how much the left and even a big part of my libertarian side hated the Patriot Act that George W. Bush put in put in place after we got attacked on nine one one because it really did place some very stringent government oversight on uh, people's yeah. uh, personal what, lives and things like, go ahead. Yeah, what, what the Patriot Act demonstrated, and it, I, I actually learned from it because I supported it at one time. There's still elements that might be necessary during certain emergencies, but what I learned from the Patriot Act is don't create laws in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. G- great point. And I actually, when it, when it, you, you and I both were engaged in fighting the war on terror, when that came out, I was like, "No, that's that's good." But now that I look back on it, yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not a fan. I don't yeah. think that's a that's a thing that should have happened. Kind of like you know, in World War II, when the Japanese internment came around, that might have seemed like a good idea to Roosevelt at the time, and might have seemed reasonable. And we can historically look back on that and go, "That was grotesque. That was a grotesque um, overstep." of the government that that took away people's civil rights, loyal Japanese Americans that got put into a concentrate, not concentration camps. Let me take that back right now, but got put in internment camps um, against their will. And that was stupid. I get it in his, I get it in the historical context. Um, I don't berate Roosevelt or the government at the time for doing it because in the historical context, they were scared. They were running around. I think that's kind of the same thing that happened with the Patriot Act. Um, I I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to give a lot of the left grief when they try to call Republicans racist. And I point out that, you know, I don't think many people would call, you know, FDR a conservative. But here he was, you know, interning people based solely on their ethnic ancestry, even though most of them were American citizens. So loyal American citizens and even the ones that weren't. People would have found out. People would have found out. I mean, and I don't know that any of them weren't. I don't know. I, I don't know that Japan. I don't know enough about that, but I do know that if you have enough to to lock someone up, then you have enough to charge them. You don't lock someone up simply because they're of a specific ancestry, right? Because they're locking up a lot of Germans or Italians, right? No, it's it. It was it was uh, in in hindsight, it was understandable knee jerk reaction, but in hindsight, we we. It's reprehensible, and and I think any reasonable person can look at that and, and realize that. Um, and that matter of fact, the very much. Yeah, and 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 I think so too. I think there's a lot of parallels, and, and in hindsight, um, anybody wants to read some good books, uh, Merrill's Marauders and stuff like that. They specifically recruited Japanese Americans to go fight in Burma, um, do counter espionage kind of things like that, and they they fought heroically. Uh, there was Medal of Honor's one among the young men who actually got interned, which is, which is kind of funny. I would, I would encourage everybody to kind of look at that as part of our history. Um, I actually had the pleasure of an NCO that worked for me, whose dad um, was interned. And uh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of history out of that. Uh, If you're listening, uh, Byron Nakagawa, um, you know who you are. He's a good man. He worked for me for a brief time, but he's a good guy. And um, ended up in South Southwest Washington raising oysters in an oyster uh, farm and doing quite well. Thank God before he passed on. But uh, I'm way off, way off, way off target here. But uh, (laughs) it's interesting stuff, though. It is. 
So my look at Canada right now is that he invoked the Emergency Act, which is only supposed to be invoked in times of war to fight terror, uh, that kind of thing. So he invoked the Emergency Act. (laughs) This fucking pussy. This fucking pussy. Let me just let me just read this to you right here. The Emergencies Act is not something that's been used ever, but it exists for a reason. (sighs) I'm so woke. That was me, not him. Invoking the Emergencies Act is never the first thing government should do, nor even the second. The act is to be used sparingly, as a last resort. All right, I got the entire transcript, and I studied it. That's the one paragraph I wanted to focus on. Are you fucking kidding me? How about meeting with the people that organized the rally, but you refused to do that, you son of a fucking bitch? After locking your country down like a tyrant, like a leftist tyrant that you are, for two goddamn years, they speak out and that's what you say? That's what you say? It's a last resort? Really? Well, to me, a last resort is shooting somebody in the fucking face. Okay, not invoking the Emergencies Act, but this Emergencies Act gives that gives the government so much control, brother, over so much stuff, including and not limited to being financially being able to clip people from supporting this. Okay, so we know that GoFundMe is a leftist organization. We know that. We know that. It, it, we've known that for a while. They won't fund certain types of conservative or Christian or or whatever type of activities. But there was another, um, and I, shoot, I thought I had it in my head, but I don't, a uh, Christian-based similar uh, organization that's similar to GoFundMe. Canada uh, it's, basically... It's go. Thank you. Thank you. Say that again for everybody to... I think it's called. I think it's called Gives It a Go. Gives it. Yeah, you you are correct. So Canada has now locked that down, and has has basically said whatever whatever money is raised to help these truckers in this protest, we are we will confiscate and redistribute at our whim because this emergency act has passed. Just so you know, real quick, there's ways people are getting around that. I was reading about this today. Um, folks are folks are going up the convoys and handing them cash because cash is you know very hard to trace. They're putting it in Bibles. They're putting it in bundles of food. No. And the so- people will win. The people will win. It it, it, it we'll, we'll always find a way. So. I gotta ask. I gotta ask a couple of questions because you know I, I track our metrics and where people are listening to us from, and we actually do have some downloads from Canada. I won't say how many, awesome. but we do. We have some Canadian listeners up there. And as much as I love you people, what the fuck is wrong with you? The fuck is wrong with you allowing somebody like Justin Trudeau to come into power? Now you can turn around and go, "Oh, Joe Biden." No, I have no defense, although. We all, we all, we all know he was elected because he wasn't Trump, um, yep. and he is he has now buried this country in a generation of morass that it's going to take us to get out of. Your your daughter's kids are maybe able to enjoy the Joe Biden no effect. Um, I truly believe that it's going to take us a generation to get out of this. Just like Jimmy Carter and the the entire thing, um, it took Reagan until a second term to actually be a successful president. This is this is nuts. This is nuts for a president to invoke an act that is meant, or a prime minister, excuse me, to invoke an act that is meant to be only used in times of war or internal terrorism against a bunch of fucking truckers who are listening to country music or trying to make a point about freedom. 
I gotta tell you, Russ, this might be the most tyrannical thing I've seen in my lifetime. And and that sounds like hyperbole. I swear to God, it's not. This is nuts. And so now, you know, in, in the thing that makes it a tyrannical country is that the government has complete control of everything you do. And in tyrannical countries, you don't put your money in a, into a bank account, for instance, because the tyrant can just take it. He could seize control of the bank and take it. This is what's happening in Canada. For people who don't think this is a fucking serious thing, I think it's just a protest, and you got this limp-wristed asshole, Justin Trudeau, go fuck yourself. Oh my God, Russ, I am so angry. Because as, as I try to stay up front, Canadians are good folk. They may be a little lost on the identity thing. You know, it's like, and I've had plenty of Canadians say, well, you know, we got you to ourselves, so who are we supposed to be, eh? Um, I, I get it. You're good at curling, at least. Hey, you got that going for you. Um, the game was Michael Play. <laughs> they did. And uh, and several great actors that I like a lot. Um, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. And Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Who yep. doesn't like Ryan Reynolds? That's right. A lot of wonderful Canadians. And I love you Canadians. I do. What the fuck are you doing? Is there an ability to recall a prime minister? I don't know a lot about the Canadian parliamentary system. Is there ability to get him, uh, you know, abdicated from his... He's an evil motherfucking guy, which will flow nicely into our next segment, by the way, which will come up soon. He's an evil guy. So here's... here. I'll make one more point and I'll turn it back over to you. You and I... As you have said on this podcast before, understand what real power is. Understand what real authority is. At one point in my career, I was able to affect and command thousands of lives at a word or a or a op order or an email or any of that kind of thing. We understand what that is. And with that, Peter Parker comes great responsibility, right? And, uh, and by the way, the last Spider-Man movie was spectacular. Um, it was awesome. It was. I'll, uh, head nod to the Marvel Universe on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was spectacular. One of the best movies I've ever seen in my life, quite frankly. But that great responsibility, we spend a lot of time getting cultivated for that. And, and there's a selective process that gets you to the point where you can become a leader in the military. And then during that process, we are humbled. We are... <laughs> if you have a good boss, he will always... He will always give you the carrot and the stick. He will humble you, yet he will develop you and 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 protect you. Um, Justin Trudeau is the example of a little pussy fuck who grew up in a favored family who doesn't understand what it's really like. And either of us would have beat his fucking ass into the ground in eighth grade PE locker room had he been one of our schoolmates because he he's that guy that would have annoyed us and and had money and said shit and I would have just knocked him out I just would have fucking knocked him and shoved a bar of fucking ivory soap up his ass I would have done that I would have put jock I would have put fucking uh, um, hot aid in his jock strap before PE class I would have done that to that guy you think he works but he's in power now but he's in power now so these are the people that become tyrants not the people that were bred and born to be leaders and warriors they don't become tyrants bro they don't and we've you and I have met thousands of these people who are big tough alpha males and alpha females who who have this power but they wield it sparingly they wield it judiciously they wield it with intellect and honor this is the opposite of that this is the opposite of that 
I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, that was a long. That was a long tirade. I apologize, but I had to get it up. It's all good. Hey, uh, first of all, I believe it was Maya Angelou who said, "When people show you who they are, when people tell you who they are, believe them." Well, it's come out recently. There's a clip from 2013 uh, before Trudeau got into power, uh, back when Stephen Harper was still the Prime Minister of Canada, where Trudeau is praising China, and he's specifically yep. praising China's dictatorship. Yep. Um, because yep. he, he was like, they could just make a decision on climate change and implement it. Wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of power here? Um, so he, he it's, it's not a secret that he, admi- he admires dictatorial powers and he wants to be able to just make decisions and not have these pesky checks and balances in the way. Um, but as he's invoked the Emergencies Act, he better kind of hope that he's in power forever. And what I mean by that is now that he has opened the door, does he seriously believe that his political opposition, should they ever regain power, won't invoke the act the act in pursuit of their own ends at some point? Right. Imagine Stephen Harper or Brian Mulroney in charge during the Antifa or BLM protests. They could invoke the Emergencies Act and cleared the streets. Right. And maybe that's why, you know, maybe they should have if they had that kind of power. But even if they shouldn't have, they would now, simply because Trudeau has opened that door, because he has shown himself to be an authoritarian wannabe. He's the guy standing on the curb, stomping his feet and thrusting his fists down towards the ground, talking about, I'm in charge here, Um, all because he wants to be immature and doesn't want to actually listen to folks and discuss the policies. He just wants to be able to lead by fiat. Now, one of the things, and I don't know if Canadians are capable of this, but sooner or later, you push too hard, even the nicest people will openly revolt. And I've said for, I've talked for years about the dangers of true civil unrest coming to this country and it may be coming to Canada. Uh, you can only push folks so far, even the nicest people have a breaking point. And I don't know that Trudeau understands that. I really think that since he's this wise, benevolent leader in his mind, people will eventually come around and he has the, the pulse of the masses anyway, despite the fact that most opinion polls now show 56% of Canadians are opposing the COVID restrictions and want all of them lifted. Um, he's going to spark a revolt if he's not careful. And those never go well for, for anybody. Think civil wars, our civil war where there was actually geographical dividing lines that's rare, and that's still produced over 600,000 casualties. You know, real civil wars are Rwanda, are, you know, Croatia, Kosovo. Those are real civil wars, and those produce horrific atrocities. And if Trudeau's not careful, he's going to push people into that. Now, one thing I have noticed, a lot of the western provinces of Canada, um, the Albertas, the Saskatchewans, etc., have started ditching their COVID restrictions. They've gotten rid of their mandates. They've gotten rid of their masks. Yep. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of that in response to this. Uh, a couple of last things I want to bring up, you know, I already touched on it a little bit. It's the, the elitism of folks like Trudeau and the urban dwellers who they go down to Whole Foods and their arugula magically shows up in a bin. They don't understand, you know, even if, let's say the truckers, do disband the protest. They stand down, but then they decide they don't want to drive those trucks anymore. You think you're going to replace those folks at a whim? Not only 
Do they get training to actually be truck drivers? Right. Most folks, especially most among the elites, don't want to do that job. They're away from home too much. They see that job is beneath them. Who do they think is going to bring the gas to the gas stations? Uh, so <laughs> that's I don't think they really understand uh, what kind of fire they're playing with because they think they can just go down to Starbucks and get a latte. Now, one thing I have, we're not quite there to, to be, to necessarily need it in the United States. Although I think there have been times maybe we, we needed it. Uh, somebody brought up on Facebook and I think I even posted about it. Um, I'm glad that the Canadian truckers are doing this. But there's a little bit of me that's ashamed. And what I mean by that is that it's happening in Canada and not the United States. Yeah. I've had that same, I've had that same reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That that people have not said, all right, enough is enough. And we are going to actually do something as opposed to just post a meme or talk about it with somebody. You know, we've got some great folks in this country who we have a, we have a tradition of civil disobedience in this country for all the stuff that Trudeau is talking about, you know, you know, you, you can't shut down whatever. Okay. Well then I guess the civil rights movement was terrorism in his eyes. Yeah. Cause yeah. The civil we, rights we, movement we shut down bridges. They shut down busing systems. They did all this and they made people notice. Can you imagine, imagine him being uh, president of the United States back then? He would have thrown a whole lot of black people in jail over that. Probably, he, would have, he would have unleashed a lot of dogs. He'd have unleashed a lot of fire hoses. Not far more than far more than not. Not to say that did not happen because it did happen in a lot of the southern states with these racist governors and stuff like that. Of course it did, but it would have been a, it would have been a national policy. Yeah, Trudeau would have been Bull Connor back then. Yeah, he did get his way, and he would. He, he wouldn't have gotten his way and he would have thrown a fit, not understanding true power. And and he would have he would have drawn an immense backlash and we'd be speaking his name with the same kind of epithetic meaning that we lend to, uh, you know, Bull Connor or uh, George McGovern. Yeah, George, not George McGovern, George Wallace, excuse me. George Wallace, I knew what you meant. George Wallace is going to correct that. But yeah, George Wallace, who hated Bull Connor, George Wallace hated people for their segregationist policies. But you're, you're exactly right. Were they responding to what they considered a terrorist threat against their against their uh, status quo? Yes, they were. Did it make it right? Fuck no. There isn't a single thinking person on planet Earth that thinks that right, that's right. And I, I really goddamn hope Justin Trudeau in history gets treated the same fucking way that George Wallace and Bull Connor do because he deserves it. He's a disgusting, disgusting, skeletal, I said it the Canadian way, figure of a human being. And he doesn't deserve any power. He doesn't deserve anything. And I, and I cannot goddamn believe you Canadians voted him in. I can't believe this. I can't. Now, it, it's I disgusting want, to me. I do want to say one other thing, because authoritarianism is running pretty rampant on the left. They may not think that it's authoritarianism, but it is. Um, there, there's an article very recently in uh, the CBC, I believe it was this last Sunday, where they were upset that about uh, they viewed the word freedom as being co-opted. They said it's, it's a slippery concept that's thrived amongst far-right yes. groups. Yep. I was just I was just just reading and, and studying that today. That now, certain types of freedom can trump other people's freedom. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, there, there's a woman named Elizabeth Elizabeth Anker Anker. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, A N K E R. But she's yeah. actually from the United States. She's a political science professor at uh, George Washington University. 
published a book called Ugly Freedoms, where she critiqued the history of freedom <laughs> in the United States. Right. One of her quotes in this piece you know was exactly at, what you're talking about. And she said, on the far right, individual freedom is often translated into somebody who refuses to be bound by norms of equality, treating all people equally or norms to remedy inequity, whether that's trying to remedy racial discrimination or gender discrimination. Basically, you're not nice in the way that I think you should be nice and you're not as socialistic as I am in terms of, of equity and inequity. And they, by the way, they use the word equity very deliberately because it sounds a lot like equality. And right. equity and equality are not the same thing. Basically, she wants to impose her her version of woke and think that claim that that is freedom. As and if you don't believe the way she does or the way the CBC says you should, then you are co-opting freedom because freedom is not the ability to to go out and think differently. You know, it's interesting. I I was I was just just thinking about this today and got in got into one of my little rabbit holes that I do when I get intellectually stimulated by something and the idea of what freedom really is. Stimulate me, Coop. Well, I hope I can. <laughs> would you like would you like me to talk like Justin Trudeau? Would that stimulate you? <laughs> so so as you know, I I preach the libertarian uh, mantra quite a bit, but I'm not dogmatic about libertarianism or anything. I think dogma is what kills humanity. Uh, when you get stuck on one point of view and you're not willing to let in other points of view, that makes you an idiot, and it, it creates it creates things like Dachau and other horrible things that have happened to human history. It's creating what's happening in Canada. It creates mask mandates um, where you have kids that aren't susceptible to the virus. Um, being, being not, nowhere near as much as adults anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and the percentage is so low that it's 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 in a statistical point of view, it's almost a null novel. It's almost a null output. So, um, freedom. So you talk about individual freedom. A lot of people have the wrong idea about the libertarian ideal. Is that libertarianism is not anarchism? Not even close. It's actually closely tied to moral relative, uh, moral objectivity in that in your choices that you make, you must make sure that your choices do not. It's kind of like the Hippocratic Oath, right? They do not negatively affect anybody else in your choices that you make. So it might be, oh, I can run a red light if I'm a libertarian. No, because you could kill somebody. Okay, so there's a there's a moral component to libertarianism that people don't really get into, and it's certainly not anarchism. I mean, there's a social contract theory. You know, um, one of the the fathers of of libertarianism talked about that very, very uh, brilliantly. And here here's the thing. Here's the thing about making choices. You make choices for yourself. Is this choice I'm going to make going to hurt? another sentient or non-sentient, I don't care, I mean, dogs are sentient, <laughs> is this going to affect another being on planet Earth or is it going to come out to a negative outcome if I do it? There is a really, really, really close tie to libertarianism and moralism. There is. Um, you can't get away from it. You have to have, I mean, because you could say, okay, I just rewatched uh, a movie that I really love, The, the Last Duel. 
um, that came out recently, the Ridley Scott movie. I rewatched that last night because I wanted to make sure I liked it as much as I did, and I rewatched it last night. I'm like, yeah, this is a fucking, this is a classic. This is a goddamn fucking classic. It's fucking great. You could act like uh, Ben Affleck's character and call him a libertarian, but every choice he made hurt somebody, right? Does that give you choice? Does that give you, is that true? Listen, fuck off about this. All you that question me on my libertarian views and say that I'm not a, I'm not a libertarian because I believe in limited government and I believe in this and kind of stuff. I'm not an anarchist. I believe on, I believe, you know, I, 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 I would like a, I'd like a triage party. You know what I learned as in my combat medic days, do the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people in the shortest amount of time. Maybe we should, I should, I should change myself to a triageist or instead of a libertarian or something like that. Do what affects the greater good. And this will segue nicely into our next, our next uh, topic, which is why Democrats are evil, because I don't think any of those fucking people in charge care about that. I don't think they care about that anymore. And I had a discussion with a friend of mine recently who said, well, despite the fact that Joe Biden is doing so badly, I'll still take him over Trump. Why? Why would you possibly fucking say that? And every goddamn tick mark that you can tick off, because Trump was a fucking misogynist asshole. He might be. I don't know. I don't necessarily believe that. He might be. But I'll take his fucking ass using the triage method. Greatest amount of good. Greatest number of people. Shortest amount of time. I'll take him over them any fucking day. Go ahead, Russ. There is a difference. First of all, you touched on a great point, too. There's a difference between limited government and no government. And that's what a lot of people don't seem to get when not understanding conservatism or libertarianism. I'm not quite as libertarian as you are, Coop, but I think we're on the same sheet of music that there's a big difference between the two. Um, the, uh, yeah, fuck. Uh, I, I just, I don't know really where else to go with that. I think you, I think you covered most of my sentiment regarding, regarding that. Well, I appreciate that. Let's go into our next segment, which is why Democrats are evil. Um, sure. <laughs> so we're going to make this a, I was gonna, anyone? yeah, well, you know, I, I knew that's controversial on saying that. And I have a shit ton of Democrat friends. So I guess this this is my heart going out to them going, you might be on the wrong side of history now. Um, I can tell you throughout most of my life, I never thought that never thought that for for, in a, in a heartbeat. We have uh, we have a history up here in Washington state of some really great Democrats. Um, Scoop Jackson, for instance, um, uh, Henry Henry Scoop Jackson was a Democratic senator um, who was one of the most fantastic senators we ever had for our state that did some really great things. Um, Governor Rosalini. Um, there's there's a few more that I could name. But things have changed. Things have changed. Back in the day, Democrats and Republicans would get into a friendly arm wrestling contest over a table to see that, well, we probably should raise taxes a little bit to pay for this. And that's kind of cool. And Republicans are like, no, nah, we don't want to raise taxes for anything. You know, it, it was more friendly. And, and it was it was almost like you have members of your family that said, I don't like pancakes. I like waffles back in the day. But it's gotten to the point now where the Democratic Party uh, supports things that I think are truly evil. 
So let's hit the first thing that we've been talking about tonight. And we're, this is going to be serious, folks. Democrats are evil. This is part one. Um, <laughs> let's talk about mask mandates for children, despite the science. Let's talk about that right now. And Russ, I know you have some feelings because you, I, I, I have a four-legged kid that is not required to wear a mask, but you have, you have a couple of beautiful daughters. So let's talk about mask mandates, despite the science and what we're doing to our children. That is actually not, not doing anything good for anybody, but is actually just about control and evil. Yeah, the, the mask mandates on children, first of all, if y'all haven't seen it, there's a great compilation of uh, celebrities that were uh, maskless at the Super Bowl superimposed over top of these uh, daycare and preschool workers that are putting masks on crying toddlers. Now, some of y'all are saying, well, California got rid of its indoor mask mandate. They're keeping it for schools right now, but they got rid of their mask mandate, so it didn't matter at the Super Bowl. Actually, if you read what the uh, orders said, the mask mandate did not lift until today, February 15th. So at the Super Bowl, they were still under mask mandate. Uh, didn't stop you know, Eric Garcetti or Charlize Theron or Matt Damon or uh, Jennifer uh, Lopez uh, or Ellen DeGeneres or a whole host of others who've been preaching at the world about wear your mask, for them to go without their mask. Um, and look, this is, I'm not trying to say people should wear masks. I do not agree with masking, especially the way most people do it. Um, doctors go through an entire semester on how to wear PPE at medical school. That guy wearing a bandana down at Walmart, he ain't going to cut it. Most folks are touching their masks. They're moving it around. Um, the micron holes are about 20 to 40 times the size of the virus uh, in the masks. So I think masks are stupid. But if you're going to promulgate the rule, you have a duty to follow it. One of the things we always go over in the Army is set the example. Right. You are supposed to, if you promulgate a rule, you are supposed to be the first person to show that you live up to it. And if you don't, I mean, the way Stacey Abrams was, for example, down in Georgia, if no one's seen the photograph, there's a photograph of Stacey Abrams uh, running for governor that's going to be on every campaign ad from here until November, where she is sitting smiling in the middle of a group of children that are completely masked. Basically, so the least vulnerable population is masked while she, an overweight, aging woman in, who is in a very uh, high-risk group, mostly because of her obesity. You know, I'm sorry about that, but that's just the way the data leads us. Um, she's going without a mask. So, you know, when you look at what happened at the Super Bowl, uh, when you look at what happened at the NFC Championship game where Magic Johnson was taking maskless photos with Gavin Newsom and uh, Mayor Garcetti from L.A., Garcetti had the stupidest excuse I've ever heard of. Well, I, I held my breath when I was taking that photo. No, you didn't, dumbass. You did not hold your breath. You got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, and then you decided to try to you know, clutch your pearls about getting called out over it. Um, but let's just take this. Uh, Magic Johnson is a, is a great basketball player. He's also 62 years old, and he has HIV, which means that he's immunocompromised. So he's in a high-risk age category. Shouldn't y'all be wearing your mask to be extra careful around him, given the fact that he is an aging, immunocompromised uh, individual? But no, right. they they want to they want to have 
everybody else wear their masks. I mean, Gavin Newsom was caught, what was it, a year ago at the French Laundry? Right. Uh, more than a year ago at the French Laundry, which is a high-end restaurant, and no one in neither I, Coop nor I nor anyone in our audience will ever be able to afford. I couldn't even um, I couldn't even buy an appetizer and a glass of wine there. Yeah. On my pension. Um I I, I went off on Facebook on my friends back where I grew up in Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg schools is still masking their children. Not only that, they're having folks wear masks during basketball games. I don't mean in the stands. I mean, the, the players are wearing masks during basketball games in the Charlotte Mecklenburg school district, which Seriously? is absolutely in fucking sane. All right. I'm not going to be nice about that. We are, we're ditching mask mandates everywhere else. Yet the, yet the most, the correction, the least vulnerable amongst us are still being put in these face diapers. What the fuck are you people doing out there? All right, you're not protect, you're not protecting anybody. Now, going to some of the uh, detriments to this, young children develop both emotionally and language skills through face, through being able to see how the mouth is moving, through being able to see how the mouth is forming smiles and how it's you know frowning based on certain emotions. You know, how do you plan to learn the letter L, for example? If you can't look at somebody, make the L with their tongue. Pre, you, know, you and I might be able to know that. Three-year-olds don't get that. We're causing all kinds of problems, all kinds of developmental issues. But you know what? You know what the cynic in me says? Hey, fine. Y'all go ahead and do that. My children will be that much further ahead, which means my children will outcompete yours when it comes time for them to be in the real world. Yeah, it's we, we've come to a place where I don't. I don't know how this planet, because it's life is tough. Life is life is kind of miserable. I don't know how we produce so many pussies that are producing another generation of pussies. I'm not sure where that happened. I I, I grew up different than a lot of folks. I get that. I grew up in a, a in on a farm in a logging town with a dysfunctional family, and I, I get I would never want anybody to replicate my life. But some of the life skills that I got from that. I, I cherish, and I just I don't know how we got to this place, Russ. I think I do, and it's, it, we are victims of our own success. And what I mean by that is the vast majority of human existence was spent trying to survive, trying to find enough food, trying to ward off disease. Savannah brain, as, Savannah brain as we talk about. Yeah, trying to stay warm. Well, as we've gotten more and more luxury, we've gotten accustomed to it. We are like we're like the the – the animals in the zoo that have been domesticated set us free in the wild and we won't survive. You know, as much as I appreciate, um, and I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a, I'm a huge Greek philosophy and literature file. I know that about you. And, uh, I actually speak and write Latin. Um, a dead language. Awesome. I do. I just love it. I just think it's fucking beautiful. But, uh, I decided to do that at some point in my adult life and, and learn Latin. Um, it's like, would you be an Athenian or would you be a Spartan? And I'd like to be both, and I think I'm both. I, I really do. I've, I've, I've tried to make that my life goal is to be both an Athenian and Spartan at yeah. the same time. But we're – unfortunately, we're not even Athenians anymore because Athenians were educated in, in new logic and stuff like that. But there was a profound difference between Sparta and Athens. Um Anybody that's seen the movie 300, it's actually not a bad 
representation of what happened at the Battle of Thermopylae at the Hot Gates and stuff like that. It's not a terrible, it's definitely a Hollywood version, a Zack Snyder version. And I just remember, I just remember when, uh, when they saw the Athenians, boy lovers, you know, they, the Spartans had no regard for the Athenians because they were into leisure and arts and philosophy and all that stuff and weren't warriors and all, all Sparta was was warriors. You should never be both or either one. You should be both. And that's what this world has lost. And, uh, you know, I, I, I honestly think that's why things like the, uh, oh, like the the mud races and all those kind of crazy things and, 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 and the UFC is very popular because... Um, we've lost. We've lost. It. We've lost that. You you didn't need the UFC uh, seventy years ago because you were out there fucking behind your tractor trying to make a living, or or all you know, or fighting a world war against fascism and Nazis. We did have boxing, huh? We did have boxing. We did, but we've always had boxing, which you know, I I was into that early as a kid and loved it and all that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's perplexing to me to be quite honest with you. Is uh, it it got off the rails quickly? I guess I guess it's not so much that we we're here. It's like how do we get there so fast? Because even in my college years and beyond, <laughs> I just sneezed on camera. That's awesome. Good podcasting there. I just did. That's good podcasting. Um, we got off, we got off the rails quickly with that stuff. And I, it, I don't know. We were talking about why Democrats are evil and, and the whole point. And of course we went into this weird little Eddie current, current evolutionary, evolutionary diatribe. (laughs) Yes. But that's what this podcast is about. But all right. So reason number one, Democrats are evil because they hate our children. Um, hey, let me. One of the points I want to make when you talk about Democrats are evil, I think that they're alienating a lot of the Democrats you were talking about before. A lot of the ones that we could have conversations with, they're finally starting to realize hey, maybe these people are a little bit nuts. Maybe they're not doing things the way that they should. Um, one of my, one of the, the axioms, philosophical points I've always come up with, because you know how brilliant I am. Um, was that I do. I hear it from you all the time. People where it's <laughs> absent a major event and COVID may qualify to an extent as a major event for this purpose. But absent a major event, while most people's views will evolve and eventually become more more conservative, their voting habits will not change uh, for about 10 years after such a political evolution, mostly out of apathy out of tribalism and out of inertia. Um, but eventually they may evolve. That's one of the reasons why as you get older, as you get into the four, your 40s and 50s, you tend to vote more conservative. When right. you're in your, you start evolving in your 20s, but you won't start voting different until your 40s. You know, it's it's funny you say that. Um, one of our one of our pod listeners is a friend of mine named Katie, and she uh, she'll hear this, so she'll be thrilled that I mentioned her name. But we talked. Woohoo, Katie. Katie, California Katie. She's she's very far left of me and very far uh, even more far left of you. And she listens to our podcast and I asked her one time, um I just just uh I think it was on an email or a text or something like that. 
Uh, why do you why do you enjoy the podcast? Because I know a lot of this stuff pisses you off. And you know what she said? And this is what I this is this is the kind of Democrat that I want to talk to. She goes, because you guys are so passionate and back it up. Yeah. It's not yep. feelings. Yeah. It's it's well I it is. Well, there's there's passion and feelings involved, but it's not solely passion. Well, it doesn't start with feelings. It starts with data. Education, knowledge, recognition, and then you can get your feelings past that. I, I have my feelings about a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, but I would never put it on a podcast. I'm not I'm not going to talk to you about what happened earlier today with a human being that I said, and I, it wasn't logical, um, but it was very passionate. Um, <laughs> God bless that human being. Um, but no, it, it has to start... And I and I and I'm a big fan of stoicism. I'm not a stoic. I wish I was. I'm working towards that. But I believe in the philosophy of stoicism. I do. Um, and I don't believe my feelings are me. I don't believe that. I think my feelings are something I experience. And that's right out of you know um, dialectical behavioral therapy 101 or any of the things that you want to think about. Your feelings aren't who you are. Your feelings are things that happen. And they don't define you. What should define you is your, your your thoughts and your logic. And then lastly, way down the road, is your feelings. That's what should define you. But I don't think – I think the Democratic Party goes on feelings. I really do. And these- I think that's a, lot of what's, that's a lot of what's poisoned their dialogue. And what I mean by that is a lot of people, they think they are their feelings. Right. And you say something that's in contravention of their feelings – and they think you're attacking them as a person. There's no. the old idiom that Republicans think Democrats are stupid. Democrats think Republicans are evil. Right. Like, there are a lot of. Uh, well, I Democrat- think Democrats are evil. So does that does that create the balance? <laughs> well, I think that there are a lot of Democrats that are leaving the reservation. I do uh, too. I do based, too. Based on this, I mean, Joe Rogan, for example, we've talked about him a little bit. Joe Rogan has got a lot of left views, okay? I mean, Joe Rogan was wants to talk about universal I, income. I'd say um, mostly left views. I'd say mostly yeah, left views. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter at one point. Right. But he'll sit down and have a conversation. So maybe we say that the evil folks, that there's two kinds of evil folks on the left. There are the pure feelings folks who are simply all rage and all passion. And then there are the corrupt folks, uh, the Hillary Clintons of the world. I mean, if you haven't researched what's going on with the creation of the Russian narrative and the Clinton campaign trying to infiltrate servers. I mean, we all dismissed Trump as a conspiracy theorist back in 2016, 17, when he said he was getting spied on. Oops, turned out that was true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the corrupt- I'm getting spied on. Yeah, yeah, and it turned out to be true. The, the, the corrupt folks, my biggest issue is the folks that are corrupt and know they're corrupt because they know how dishonest they are and they're trying to de- be deceitful. That's that's where some of my biggest uh, my biggest issues are. I also have said in the past that the problem with power is it usually attracts those who should be trusted with it the least. Yes, it does. And, and I think that's that's evident in our political class. And I also think that's evident a lot amongst leftists who think that if they first of all they think if they uh, create enough utopia then the world will be perfect, even if they have to force you into utopia. And the funniest part of it is they think that after the revolution, they're the ones that are going to be in charge, not understanding that they are probably going to be amongst the first to get crushed by the folks who really seek power. They're they're the useful idiots, as Stalin used to call them. And what will happen is once their beloved revolution utopia comes to be, they're going to find out that 
hey, not everyone is as lovey-dovey as they are, and they're right. going to get crushed because they're going to be saying, well, you guys, you guys stoked this revolution, so we can't let you do that again, so off to the gulag with you while Stalin and Mao take charge. Yeah, no, great point. There's a, I don't know if you watched the HBO Max uh, um, series called Secession. Um, I, I don't have HBO Max. All right. I'll give you my password. Um, <laughs> well, no, for, for legal purposes, no, I say we're not going to do that. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, there's a, it's, it's a, Brian Cox is the main character who's a fantastic. I love guy. Brian Cox. Yeah, he's, he's fucking fantastic. He always shows up in superhero movies, which is odd. But uh, anyway. First thing I remember seeing him in was uh, he was Uncle Argyle in uh, Braveheart. Yes. I'm your Uncle Argyle. I don't speak Latin. We'll that have one funky remedy. guy. That's right. We'll have to remedy that. But uh, anyway. he plays like a... a a uh, a the uh, billionaire who his health is failing, and all of his family's kind of like all this all the all the weird politics of his family trying to figure out who's going to run the company, and then he doesn't die and stuff like that. It's kind of like that, you know. It's kind of like that. It's like uh, vying for that that power, but when you become powerful and you become in charge. It's not always that fun, bro. It's not always that fun. I I was thinking about this earlier today, coincidentally. I thought, you know, because I I watched an episode of it this morning when I was having my coffee. And I'm sitting there going, I would not want to be in charge of that fucking company. I'd be fine being a dude who had my shit out here. And that's it's it's part of the reason I got out of the army and didn't go through the schools that you know, my two stars trying to push me through and stuff like that. So I don't want to be a general. Being a general sucks. I mean, I, I see what you go through every day, and it's just, it's fucking bullshit. I never want to be a general. Yeah, there, there's, you know two, I mean? there's two points in that real quick, why a great deal of power sucks. Either because you take it seriously and try to be responsible, and when you're responsible with that much power, there's an enormous burden on your shoulders. Sure. Or... You're going to be hedonistic and look at me and how powerful I am. And eventually the Praetorian Guard is going to stab you in the back. Right. Well, you know, and, and, and something I forgot to mention in our prior conversation about Trudeau is his speech about the Emergency Powers Act kind of reminded me of Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. This is just temporary. I thought the same thing. I thought the exact same thing. This is just temporary. I promise it's just temporary. I'm only going to do this for a bit, but once you give a fucking limp dick like that power, they never they never give it back. Not willingly. So let's get into our last segment. We're going to talk about movies we hate. And uh, uh, hopefully I'll splice in some cool little theme music in between here. I don't know. I don't, I don't have theme music for that. I do have the... Uh, I do have the Kamala Harris Joker laugh ready to roll at any time. I'm going to tell you that. We'll be using that again. And then we'll get back to the reason we think Democrats are evil. This, It's going to be a saga. It's going to be a series. It's kind of like a Louis L'Amour Western, right? I mean, it's, it might take place in the same... But there's a lot of stories to tell about that. So I'll lead off, Russ. So movies we hate that... And I think a lot of mine that people will actually like... So I'm going to start off with the with the big one up up front. It's going to do this, and I know you'll have some feedback on this because this is your universe. Every Star Wars movie, and I'm not talking about the series. I, I'll leave out 
um, I'm sorry. What was the one that you really liked that you brought up? Were they uh, the prequel to Bombing Rogue One? Yeah, Rogue One was fantastic, by the way. I know you didn't like Han Solo, but I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I know you didn't like it. But I'm going to say every Star Wars movie other than the 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 three, the first the first three, the New Hope sequel, not a fan of any of them. I, um, I, I can't find anything to like. I actually went and rewatched these, especially the last three. Jesus fucking Christ, what a train wreck. Oh, yeah. Um, and even the Phantom Menace and and all that, um, Anakin, the, the little kid, midichlorians, all that stuff. I hate all six of those movies. And I'm just going to include that as one movie, if you don't mind. So go um, ahead. Well, all right. First of all, I like the original three, obviously. I love the original three, probably because I grew up on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rogue One was awesome. Rogue One was awesome. Um, yeah. Regarding the first three, there are pieces that are redeemable. Um, the the battle between Darth Maul, Qui Gon Jinn, and Obi Wan Kenobi was the best lightsaber fight in any movie. Yep. Um, that was that, that was awesome. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The last half of Revenge of the Sith, when they were finally past all the lovey lovey BS, um, the last half of Revenge of the Sith was really good the transformation into darth vader the fight between anakin and obi-wan i like that now jar jar ruined a lot um george lucas cannot write romantic dialogue to save his life um, <laughs> you imagine being his wife well that's part of the problem with the original three was his wife was around for star wars and empire strikes back and helped helped temper some of his weirder impulses and then they got divorced before Return of the Jedi. So Return of the Jedi was not quite the movie it could have been. Oh, I did, she, I did not know that. I did not know that. Thank you. Yeah, for and then she was not around for the prequel tw- prequel trilogy. I almost called it a trilogy. Um, sound like Justin. Like Trudeau, he's married though. to a really nice lady now, but uh, they've been together. Yeah, for back, his his wife back then was a somebody that actually helped shape Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Okay, all right. Now um, you're going to get no argument out of me on the on the most recent trilogy. Horrible, awful. Um, Force Awakens was mildly entertaining, but it was. It was the first one was the first one was like okay, this is kind of cool. Let's see. It was a remake of Star Wars. It was a remake of A New Hope. It was. It was. Um, But I. But I was okay with that. Last Jedi was horrible. Rise of Skywalker was. I'm like, is this even part of the Star Wars universe? No. The last two in particular had me saying, and I I could never believe I'd say this was, can we find a way to bring George Lucas back? Was that was, was that Rion Johnson who directed that the last one, The Last Jedi? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. him. I will never watch another movie he makes. Fuck that. Yeah, he guy. crushed. The, he crushed the Star Wars universe. Yes, he did. Fuck um, him. Fuck him. Trying to be all. Like, oh, look at me. Look at me. This is the director going. Look at me. Look at me. I can completely redo something. Fuck you. Don't redo it. Don't redo yeah. it. And you know? the the Rise of Skywalker was, you know. A discombobulated piece of garbage. No, I don't even. It had nothing to do with the original films. It, it was. It, it, they, they tried to redeem stuff and went back into the comic books uh, for it, and it, it was. It was just atrocious. Yeah. So let me. Let me I, I, I won't disagree with you on the on the the uh, sequel trilogy and parts of the prequel trilogy. Let me give you a, an idea of a great director um, doing doing what's right. Um, Denise Villeneuve, uh, who did the latest iteration of Dune. Okay, 
um, Dune Part 1, as it turns out to be. You know what he did? He went old school and said, I love these novels. Frank, and I know you haven't watched it yet. I love these novels. Frank Herbert was a fucking genius. I want to make a movie that reflects his vision, I think, of what Dune would be. That's where he went, and he created one of the greatest movies in sci-fi history. I will tell you that. The remake of Dune, I wouldn't even say remake. Fuck fuck the earlier version of it. This version of Dune is what Dune should be with the actors, everything, the cinematography. It's fucking gorgeous. And he got all of his inspiration. I, I want to do an homage to Frank Herbert. That's and what I, a director I, should do, and that's what uh, fucking what's his goddamn nuts. Yeah, I, I will get around to, to I get around to doing at some point. If you want a full breakdown of my thoughts on like the Last Jedi, I've got a full breakdown of it on my website, artymeyerwrites.blogspot.com. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, pimp your shit as long as you're talking about it. Go ahead. It's one of my most popular posts. I took down the last Jedi thing from, I guess they need gravity in space because inertia is no longer a thing. Um, when they were bom- when they had to get over top of the, the dreadnoughts to bomb them to Luke basically going from idealistic to a grouchy old bastard to Princess Leia turning into Mary Poppins and able to fly through space. I mean, it was just a horrible movie. I'm not going to go into everything here because I can spend an hour on that alone. Um, but yeah, that, like I said, the parts of the prequel trilogy I'll agree with you on, and the sequel trilogy I'll definitely agree with you on. Gotcha. Well, go ahead and give Rogue, me, give me, go ahead. Rogue One is what Star Wars should have been. Absolutely. Rogue One was fantastic. There's, there's not a flaw in that movie, I don't think. Um, go ahead. Give me one of yours, my friend. Okay. Um, the ones that I'm going to mention, I, I've got a few of them here. Um, I'll start with, uh, a couple of them that I actually did not walk out on because there's a whole bunch on my list. I actually, I paid money, went into the theater and then walked out of them because they were just that bad. Um, so I'll mention one that I did not walk out on. The Joel Schumacher, uh, Batman and Robin. The one with uh, George Clooney and uh, what's his name? Uh, the the kid who played uh, who played uh, D'Artagnan in Three Musketeers. Uh, uh, Chris Evans? No, no, no. I'm, uh, Chris, Chris. Anyway, my brother and sister said I looked like him when I was younger. Anyway, I know who you're talking about. Um, no, um, what the fuck is his name? Um, Chris, o- Chris O'Donnell, I think. Yeah, he, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell, thank you. He was yeah. in that Robin Williams movie where Robin Williams was the teacher. And he was also yeah. in Scent of a Woman. Oh, take a flamethrower. Yeah, that, that whole thing. So they, they took a gritty Batman that Michael Keaton had created, which is still a little comic booky. But it was it was kind of gritty, dark a little bit, and they turned it into a complete parody. Arnold Schwarzenegger just proved he can't act unless he's you know just showing his muscles. Shut up! I'll I'll sprinkle you with ice. Shut up! Yeah, George Clooney was not Batman. Um, Poison Ivy and that was horrible. They destroyed the character of Bane. Somebody once went up to Joel Schumacher. I remember this at a fan convention, and said, "Dude, how do you?" how do you justify these movies based on the Batman comic books? And Schumacher said, I don't read comic books. And the guy said, well, I guess that explains Batman and Robin. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you, man. People, like I said, like we said in our last thing, um, Denise Villeneuve fucking was a fan of the Frank Herbert novels. He grew up on them as a kid. I think if you're going to do that, you have to pay homage to that. I really do. 
Um, one other one I do want to mention that I did not walk out of, boy, was it so bad. I had such high hopes based on me loving the original, which was a cult classic. But uh, I don't even know if you've ever seen this. Highlander 2. Did you ever see Highlander 2? I did. The one where they put the shield around the earth? It's fucking horrible. It's, it's... I. You know what? Okay, so I agree with you on Batman and Robin, and I completely agree with you on this one. And the reason I left them off my list is just so obviously fucking terrible <laughs> that I didn't even bother <laughs> to put them well, on my I, list. I didn't, I didn't walk out of Highlander 2 because I had, believe it, I had rented it from a blockbuster. Uh, Hell yeah! And so I watched it on my home VCR, and it was just I I said I love the original Highlander. It was great. This movie was not any in any way connected to it. No, connecting the two made the movie even worse, and it, it was, was already it was, bad. It was fucking horrible. I, I actually remember in my pre-critic days watching this and going, "Why is this called Highlander? Why isn't this just another movie?" Yeah, how did they get Sean Connery to come in for this role? Where he's, they're, they're like touching hands or the like, we will be reincarnated and go through the quickening. And I'm like, dude, stop destroying one of my favorite movies. So let me do my let me do my one word. I, I, I love this one word celebrity impersonations. Let me do my one word celebrity impersonations of Sean Connery for you, for the podcast audience too. Ready? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Shirt. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you on that one. I'll, I'll throw one back at you. Let's see. Um, I don't know if you've watched this. I don't know if Sherry's made you watch this, but it's a it's a. I tried to pick movies that people like that I hate. I know that wasn't part of the stipulation. The Notebook. I watched it. Okay, so I'm gonna off myself. If a girl that I has said no to dating me several times doesn't date me, fuck you, fuck the entire movie, fuck the entire premise, fuck the acting, it's gross, fuck off. I can't believe that's a romantic movie. I, I watched it. Look, full disclosure, I watched it with my wife. It's okay. I watched it. I watched it with an ex girlfriend. I watched it. it. I just. It was very sappy. I remember thinking to the whole thing: When is this movie supposed to end? So right. I can is there anything like going on in it at all? Is there? Yeah. I seeing James Garner too, get all weepy weird. when she go, seeing James Garner get all weepy when she goes back into the Alzheimer's state. I'm like, okay, come on. Oh let's, yeah, it's let's... so cute. We're connected through generations through this. Oh, but I'm gonna kill myself if you don't love me. Nowadays, you'd be locked the fuck up for that shit. Yep. Yep. All right. You got another one. I got. Um, you want me I, to go? I can start going into the ones that I walked out of. These are movies that I paid money to go to the theater to see. Okay, and that's that's cool. That puts it. That puts a. That definitely puts a. Puts a kink into it. Go ahead. Yeah, they were so bad I could not finish. Wa- could not finish watching them. Um, I'll, first of all, let me bring up a very obscure movie that you've probably never heard of. Um, it's the first movie I remember walking out of. It's called Funny About Love. It had Gene Wilder and Mary Stuart Masterson. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, it was some weird comedy, romantic love thing. Look, I'll be perfectly honest. I had a crush on Mary Stuart Masterson back then. Um, she was <laughs> she was very, she was one of those that I really liked. But the the movie 
I don't even know how it ended. I barely remember anything about it other than I got to a point, I think I was like 15 or 16 when it came out. No, no, 13 or 14. I remember, um, I remember renting the, I remember renting the tape. I did not go see it. I remember renting the tape and, and, and I was bored out of my fucking mind. Yeah. That's why I walked out. It was, it was like watching, like watching grass grow after you've painted it so you can watch it dry. Right. Right. What watching flies fuck would have been more, yes. more entertaining. Yeah. 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 So that's my initial. Not that I've ever watched flies yeah. fuck. I'm just imagining. <laughs> Weird fetish is coming from Coop. <laughs> I was not wearing velvet cuffs when I was watching those flies. All right, I got <laughs> that's an insight too much. That's more too much insight for me. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got one for you. That's probably not going to be popular among the uh, podcast uh, audience that we have. Both of you, uh, one of you in Canada, one of you in New Mexico, um, several of you in Centralia and Chehalis. Um, Avatar. I haven't even watched it. I think it's I think it's garbage. I think the whole thing is garbage. Um, well, I get I get back then the special effects were amazing, but the theme of it and the the over your top pounding you in the fucking face with, oh this is supposed to be uh, dances with wolves and space and and pro environment and it's fucking political. Fuck off. Just yeah, go see, fuck yourself. I actually wrote to a radio show that I used to listen to uh, in Sacramento about this. Um, and I said, look, this this world with a I know a little bit about Avatar. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not completely culturally ignorant here, but I guess this world that we were coming to with the unobtainium or whatever the, the heck that that mineral right. was that they had to right. get um, the humans decided that the humans were so technologically advanced to cross light years of space. They knew where this mineral was located and their strategy in taking the natives was to get within direct fire range, would right. it not have been, you know, easier to simply stand off and nuke the planet from orbit? Um, and when I brought that up to this radio show, they were like, well, then there wouldn't have been a movie. And I was like, that's my exact point. Any movie that's got that big a plot hole is too stupid to get made. Hey, was that that radio show with the, was that uh, uh, something Army, Arnie and Dawn? Rob, Rob, Arnie, and Don. Rob, Arnie, and Don. Is that the one? Yes. I used to listen to those assholes all the time. And Don was such a fat, stupid cunt on that show that I could never figure out why they had her on. Everything, everything they said was like, "That's racist." And it's like, you know what? Go down to go down to fucking El Chapo Burrito and have another burrito, bitch. Shut up. I mean, I'm not gonna be that mean about it. She did have some stupid opinions. She actually got more conservative near near towards the end of when I stopped listening. I haven't listened to him in several years. I remember um, that back back when I listened to radio before everything was podcasts and stuff. Podcasts, like yeah. They, they got rid of Arnie Stace. She was annoying. God, she was annoying. They got rid of Arnie Stace. They turned it to Rob Anybody and Don Show. Um, I stopped listening a few years they ago. They got rid of him. He was the he was the funny fat guy that was on there. I think I think there was some. I don't know if there was some market some. Uh, focus group stuff that, that showed that he wasn't bringing in new listeners. I don't know enough about it. Um, I just I haven't never, listened. I never Rob years. owned the show and stuff. Yeah. We're talking to our California audience right now. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, the, the, I enjoyed the show when I did listen, but I don't anymore. So it is what it is. But I wrote into them about the movie avatar. And my point was any movie with that big a plot hole is too stupid to have been made. Yeah. No, 
I, I, I agree. I thought it was I thought it was terrible too. Um, you got one, or you want me to go? I, I, I got another one. These these are the ones I've walked out on. All right. Um, I'm kind of going in chronological order here. Um, Final Fantasy VII: The Spirits Within. Yeah, no, I have no idea what that what. That oh means. God, it was it's based on a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I know the video of, game. It was like one of the original attempts at realistic CGI animation. Um, but it turned out I went based solely on the previews, which showed a bunch of battle scenes and we're fending off this alien invasion. And I showed up to watch it and it turned out to be a bunch of Gaia new age bullshit. Um, there was a, a bunch of dead aliens from outer space. And the only way we could repel them was to gather the spirits of Gaia from the seven spirits and the one standing in the way of our pushing back these aliens was the evil military industrial complex that just wanted to go bomb everything. They had James Woods playing the, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) excuse me again, playing the military commander, a complete caricature, awful movie. (coughs) You're right over there, brother. I can't follow wrong. I can't do CPR from uh, from Zoom, so I apologize. Sorry for that podcasting audience. I just and had my CPR, drink of water. CPR is not that effective anyway. By the way, it's gross. Breaks my breastbone. Almost nobody, almost nobody lives when you perform CPR. Anyway, go ahead. That was Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Final Fantasy Seven: The Spirits Within was atrocious. It was as a new age. Anti-military garbage. All right. I will avoid that. Thank you for letting me know that. I'll go to my next one. This one's really easy. And people are going to think, oh, yeah, I get why you don't like it. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I never saw it. I did. I, 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 uh, I uh, tortured myself through it. And it's not because I'm upset about the gay theme or anything like that. It was just a terrible movie. <coughs> My partner's dying over there in Tennessee. So. All right. I'm fine now. Do I need to call 911 and then have me have him routed to Memphis or whatever? Um, no, Brokeback Mountain is just a shitty movie. It's just shitty. Everything about it. Um, the reason I hate it, it's not because of the gay theme, which is, you know, fine. I've watched a lot of movies with that. It's that the gay theme was everything in the movie. Nothing happens. Nothing happens in the movie. It just, it just, it's boring. It's stupid. It's like, look, we're gonna, we're gonna titillate Hollywood by having two like leading men and good-looking dudes at the time pretend to be gay and into each other, and we're gonna piss everybody off. Well, congratulations. You know why you pissed me off? Because your movie sucks. Your cinematography sucked. You know, watching two guys there topless holding each other and then panning on the Montana background is not a fucking movie. It's not a fucking movie. Nothing happens. All right, go ahead. Um, well, first of all, if I recall correctly, uh, your alma mater once made uh, national news in terms of being scolded for at one of its basketball games chanting out because the other team was so bad. Brokeback Mountain. Which which alma mater are you talking about? Uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah, they probably did that, but it's a Jesuit school, so yeah, I, I know. But it, 
people on ESPN were were clutching their pearls and oh so upset about them chanting that. Oh God, God forbid, God forbid, people should have fun. We yeah. at, at my at one of my other alma maters, University of Washington, we had this we had this player called Ryan Appleby who was short and he hit threes from fucking everywhere, and he had he had uh, long gold hair, and every every time he went into somebody else's house, they would shout, Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins every time he get the ball. Uh, I don't know. Maybe is that is that a, a slam on dwarfs? Fuck off. Hey, Fuck off. we short people have lives too. Okay, <laughs> we short people got reasons to live. All right, Gimli. All right, Gimli. For those that don't know, I'm five foot seven to five foot eight, depending on where I'm being measured. Yeah, that's. I think that's generous. I think that's generous. Hey, you Which, know why the five foot seven and a half was important? Because in the army, I was getting given an extra five pounds. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the PT test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I, I can never, you, you know how big I am, and the Army told me I had to be 211 pounds not to get taped. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't think you've been that since high school. No, senior year in high school, maybe? Probably not. Probably junior year. 211 pounds? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm the f- yeah, well. I, I would look like, you know, I would look like, it, it, no offense, but I would look like an early 80s AIDS patient if I was 211 pounds. My my army playing weight. That was weight kind of offensive, actually. I, I Now I realize that after I said it, but it's true. My army playing weight, that's what I call it. Um, I was between 174 and 178. And uh, the... Uh, the difference between five foot seven and five foot eight was the difference between 176 pounds of allowance and 181 pounds of allowance. Right. So that was that was important. For those that you, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, the army has like a, a standard of what your weight should be based on your height, which is insane. Um, and then you have to get taped. And the only thing they do, I don't know if they changed it, Russ, but the only thing they did is your neck to abdomen ratio. Yep. And they, that when I left the Army, they were still doing that. Which I have an 18-inch neck because it has to be that big to hold up this fucking <laughs> size 8. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was always, I, I could get fat as a fuck and it wouldn't have mattered. But it's like, really? You can look at me and, and know I'm in shape. I mean, that's that's one of those things that I one of those army things that I would have changed if I was army commander for a day. I'd be like, eh, no more of this bullshit. I can look at you. I, I mean, I had abs, you know, I was ripped and all that kind of shit. Oh, we got to tape you, sir. I'm like, all right. Well, that's why there was a whole host. And I know we're veering way off subject here. But that's why there was a whole host of people in the army who would go to the gym and work work their neck out, work out the neck muscles in their neck. Because then they're like, you, yeah, then I can go eat anything I want. There, there's other other you, ways they could have you really I, I you actually you know as a personal trainer and all that kind of thing you can't really increase the size of your neck very much you just can't i mean maybe 25 hundredths of an inch or something like that you might be able to do but it's insane no i mean just be in shape and pass the pt test and you're fine my whole thing was if you got a certain score on the physical fitness test you should have been exempt from that which would have encouraged people to work out which would have led to them losing right. weight Right. Whatever. Yeah. When anyway, I was, let's get back to movies. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So my next movie that I walked out of was when I was at Fort Benning uh, in 1999, and the movie Wing Commander came out. Yes. So another movie. So, so let me just say this before you before you make your point. I had a a Commodore Amiga 
and this was like the biggest, baddest ass fucking video game of all time on that thing, where you gotta go on a on a on a fucking battleship and you flow missions against the Kalrathi. And I remember they actually had a porn star, Amber Lynn, who was like your mechanic that you would come back and she would adjust your wrenches, if you know what I mean. <laughs> And uh, and that was probably of all the video games I've ever played, I probably played more of Wing Commander than any other video game I've ever played in my entire life. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, look, it, it was. Oh my goodness, it was so bad. First of all, it, science fiction is either usually great or awful. There's very little in between when it comes to science fiction. Sure. Science fiction, if you're going to do it right, also requires a budget. And Wing Commander did not have a very big budget, which was very evident in the the mannequin-like Kilrothi soldiers who showed up like once in the movie, I think. Right. Um, the the relationship between the, the lieutenant commander and I think it was Freddie Prince Jr. who was like the was Freddie Prince Jr. Yep, yep, the subordinate yep. dude. Um, she was suddenly becoming submissive to him and. Um, they it got into a romantic relationship. Completely inappropriate, by the that way. Would, yeah, it would not happen in the military. For those who don't know, the one who played the uh, who played the lieutenant commander was Saffron Burroughs. She's in Troy as uh, uh, Hector's queen. <laughs> Excuse me again. Nice um, COVID cough, there, buddy. It's not COVID. It's not COVID. Um, what happens when I swallow wrong? I can't get. And no swallowing jokes, by the way. I know that exactly that where that was going, my beloved audience, especially you, Lee Taylor. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, Wing Commander was atrocious. It they tried to rely on the stardom of Freddie Prince Jr. That was a mistake right there. So I, I walked out of that movie. It was awful. Yeah, you know, I actually watched it again just to torture myself about a year ago because I saw it was on Amazon Prime. I'm like, was this, was this as bad as I remember? Because the video game, God, that was the best video game. And they had like three three versions of it, and it was amazing uh, for the time. God, it's that bad. Yeah, the uh, the gal that plays the... Uh, the the commander, what's her name again? The French actress? Saffron Burroughs. Most people would know her as uh, Hector's uh, princess queen in Troy. Yes. Yeah, she was unbelievably hot, but I can remember the... Do you just think I'm talking, or is this an order? Or she would say that all the time. And her call sign was Angel. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was so, so bad. And and the uh, oh 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 the worst part of that was the uniforms. Do you remember those hats? They looked mm-hmm. like they were selling French fries or something. It it was it was fucking, you know, from going from a video to something that I actually enjoyed, and then um, watching them wearing these weird uniforms that had. The weird tank tops and the French fry hats that they had to wear, and they were wearing them in their in their quarters, like when they were. And I can remember his best friend, who's been a shit ton of movies. I can't remember the actor's name. He's a really skinny guy, um, who whose girlfriend Rosie crashed, and then he got oh, uh, Matthew Lillard. He, he, shows up in, he was in he was in Scream, I believe. He was in Scream, yeah. And and people would recognize him from a bunch of different movies. Remember, his girlfriend Rosie crashed, and then he's like laying in his bunk, and he gets redeemed. 
um, the commander comes in there. I said, are you ready to fly? It's like, no, if if under my command, if somebody had done something like that, yeah, you'd be in you'd, you'd be in Kansas. You'd be in motherfucking Kansas for yeah. something like that. Yeah, I know. He's like a ten percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes or something. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Let me give you another one of mine here. This might spark controversy. The next Uh-oh. two of mine. Next, matter of fact, the next three of mine might spark. Now, next two, the last one I'm saving for for a punch in the nuts. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, you bastard! It's. I don't like his character. He's a fucking cunt. He's condescending. He's a fucking little bitch. Can't stand it. Hate that All movie. Right. Coop, our friendship is over. I, this is something that's the line we cannot cross. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that you do not like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I don't. Can't stand, I can't stand him as an actor. I think he's a shitty actor. And watching him preen and fucking, oh, hey, I'm the man. I'll tell you what. If I was in high school with that guy, I'd have cock-punched him in the fucking locker room. And he well, never would have had his day off. Now, in fairness, I enjoyed Ferris's, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. As a teenager, a brand new teenager, so he was obviously the the who we wanted to be at that time. Now, as I have gotten older, more and more, I have identified with the high school principal that wanted to, you know, <laughs> put, him, put him in a hurt locker. Um, like you know, you're you know, you're getting old when you start to identify with the parents of the movies as opposed to the kids. Um, That's amazing. That's amazing. I, no, I I loved Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The campiness, the tongue in cheek, the the irreverence. Do you know they cut a scene out of that movie? Because originally, do you remember when uh, Cameron and uh, Sloan were walking through the plaza and they were talking about what they're going to do? You know, Cameron's going to go off to college and all this yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, sure. Of course. Well, there was a, a piece in there where Sloan made the remark that, well, you know, it's it's harder for a guy because as a girl, I can always hook up with some guy and get pregnant. And that's my my meal ticket to having a better life. And when they screened that movie for focus groups, that little line and that little, you know, 30 second blur brought the rating score down by like 20 points. Oh, wow. so they cut yeah, they cut that. And obviously the people started to love it again. Um, but yeah, it, I, I love that movie. When it comes, I, I, made my, I, made my and I, I knew that was going to be controversial and I figured we'd come at odds with that. But Send I can't hate mail to two grumpy bastards, bastards care of coop. That, that preening fucking ne'er-do-well fucking I'm in charge, I'm better than everybody fucking little cock. I'd have knocked his fucking ass out if I'd had a chance. I would have been safe, safe Ferris. I'd have been Don't, like knocked the fuck Ferris? out of Ferris. Donate for Ferris? Yeah. Yeah, I'll donate. I'll donate a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> All right, you. All right. All right. A horrible movie. <laughs> See now we're we're like passing stuff back and forth across. I know what's going on. This is going what's on. going on? Um, this one should not be controversial. If if I had picked the first movie in this trilogy, people would be and rightfully and rightly so. But the third movie in this trilogy was just god awful. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean three was one of the worst movies ever made. It had a completely discombobulated plot. It followed nothing. I didn't care about anybody. Um, the the whole coming back from you know Davy Jones' locker and 
getting the heart and, you know, the flying Dutchman and all this other crap. Um, it, it was, it was an awful performance. They were, they were coasting on what Johnny Depp had done in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And to be fair, Johnny Depp's kind of been coasting on that performance ever since. But Pirates of the Caribbean 3 was one of the worst movies ever made. I actually walked out. I had no idea what happened in the last half hour of the movie. It was terrible. You know, I, I, I have nothing to add to that. I completely agree with you on every point you made. Absolutely agree with you on every point. The first two were... were the first two were treasures. The third one was just dog shit. The first one was a treasure. The second one I had some issues with, but I made it to the whole movie. I just didn't like it. All right. But it wasn't one of my top one of my top ones that I hated. Gotcha. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some out here you might hate again. Uh oh. This is gonna alienate a lot of our, our podcast listeners, all thirteen of you. Actually it's more than that, but fucking Donate to Patreon if you love us that much. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> Greece. Yeah, I, I have a strong feeling. Oh my fucking! I fucking! I actually, I actually hate it. I. It's rapey. It's. <laughs> it is rapey. It's totally. I agree. Rapey. I agree. It's rapey. I mean, you can't get away from that. And then, you know, it's like uh, I actually years ago came up with like a German version of Greece where it's like we go together like it's it's fucking I don't think the music's that good I really do especially no. the uh, you can't even you can't even tell what they're saying in that when uh, what's that what's that song that Olivia Newton John and well they got John Travolta to sing and he can't fucking sing it's terrible um, maybe maybe the musical would be better or something like that, but it's like uh, um, you can't even. Oh, it's I, it's rapey, it's weird, it's just there's it's it's cliched. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate. I had a girlfriend many years ago. It's been at least ten years ago. Who wanted to like pop that DVD in and 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 go lay in bed and watch it like two or three times a week and I'm like oh we broke up we're broke up we're broke up I, I can't do it I mean maybe Die Hard or something like that would be better I mean this was a long time ago before streaming came in but it's like we go together like oh my god the, no it's grotesque fun story about that um, an actor I really like Hugh Jackman um, was he, I just watched a movie with him the other night. Uh, which one? The weird one where he played the weird 18th century, 19th century count or whatever? Um, no, it was um, where it was Reminiscence, where he uh, he he has the uh, he has the business where people can go into pod and, and relive their memories. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, he, uh, I have not. I've heard about it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not great. It's not great. Um, but. Hugh Jackman was talking about he got to meet Olivia Newton-John once mm. and she was a childhood crush of his. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the story. It's great. Well, Olivia Newton-John was a childhood crush. And if you caught a picture of his wife right around the same age where uh, when right. Olivia Newton-John was in Greece, they looked very similar. Right. But he got, he got to meet Olivia Newton-John. He used to have a poster of her up on his wall and he told Olivia Newton-John about that. He said, don't ever do that. Um, right. He gave off this right. instant stalker vibe. 
Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. Was that, was that on the Edward Norton show that he did that? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, Graham yeah, Norton. Yeah. Graham Norton. Graham Norton. Thank you. Not Edward Norton has a show apparently now where he talks about like, you know, <laughs> yeah. being white supremacist and shit. Um, no, Graham Norton. I love, I love the Graham Norton show, by the way. I, I watched yeah, that's uh, funny. YouTube clips from that all the time. Yeah, I remember talking about that, and he's like, "Oh my god, I was so into like meeting her," and I told her that, and she's like, "Huh, get away from me, yeah. weirdo." Yeah, the very first one ever on my wall was uh, Farrah Fawcett, that famous uh, swimsuit photo, and I was probably eight. And my parents let me put that up. That's kind of fucked up. I was a complete dork. I had Star Wars posters up. I didn't soccer yeah. posters. I didn't have I any. Had, like Heather Locklear when she was yeah, like. My- my parents would never have allowed me to put that up. Oh yeah, I had I had all that shit. I had all that shit. My buddy had a picture of Kathy uh, Ireland. Was, Kathy Ireland was on my wall. I had, I had Kathy Ireland in my first bachelor's apartment, but uh, my uh, my my buddy had uh, a poster of Brooke Shields up. <laughs> Kathy Ireland is a, by the way, segue smart goddamn businesswoman. If you ever listen oh, yeah. to her now, very she 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 doesn't look like it, but she is. She's very yeah, no, she's. And she always was. She kind of took that into a new level. All right. I'll give you one more, bro. Okay. Um, and Coop's going to hate me for this, and some of the audience may hate me for this. I didn't go to the movie theater, but I did uh, start it on uh, – I don't remember what – if it was on Netflix or Disney Plus, but uh, it was probably uh, – anyway, The Suicide Squad. Uh Horrible yeah, movie for that. You know, I like that movie. Yeah, horrible movie. The only redeeming quality is Margot Robbie. Um, she's funny. She's it's a she's great beautiful. movie. Don't listen to anything he says. It's a great movie. Suicide Squad. I, look, I, I, no, I can no, turn no. off my brain for some things, but it's got to at least have some grounding. There was nothing in that. Everything was completely hokey. It had no no plot that I could follow. It was just a, a totally unredeemable movie disagree if you know the Suicide Squad back history and then they didn't do a reboot but they did a general reboot on it I thought it was highly entertaining I liked Idris Elba's character in it and then they take it to the next level in Peacemaker the HBO Max series that I've encouraged you to watch because I think you actually really enjoy it again watching I was going to watch that but watching the Suicide Squad has turned me off from watching Peacemaker I can guarantee you that although it's our it's our guy uh, what's his name Gunn Peter Peter Gunn James Gunn James Gunn James Gunn why did I say Peter I don't know who Peter Gunn is I got my Peter Cottontail maybe I'm, I got my mind on porno or something like that. <laughs> okay that's more information than we really needed no Peter Gunn would be a good name for a porn star that's all I'm saying that's all yeah okay I got it. <laughs> But no, James Gunn. James Gunn does the Peacemaker. Uh, uh, he's the showrunner on HBO Max. You would love it. You would love it. It's it's funny. It's irreverent. It's very R rated, if not NC seventeen rated, with the language and some of the stuff that happens. But it's just funny. It it just I don't know. It's a parody. But anyway, all right. I'll give you my last one, brother. And I don't know if you remember this, but. It's, this dovetails a little bit into our uh, discussion last week with the endless ranters about DC versus Marvel. Did you call them the, the endless ranters again? No, I did not. I said endless ranters. I said it correctly. 
Okay, I thought you said Rantlers. No, I said Endless Ranters. The uh, Rendless Anters podcast, which will uh, will pimp our, our buddies from the Endless Ranters were on last week. Okay, the worst superhero movie I've ever watched in my life. And that includes Daredevil. That includes the Fantastic Four fucking fucking abortions, both of them. That includes Elektra, which was a spinoff of Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Is Superman 4. Oh my god, yes. The Quest for Peace. That is the worst superhero movie I've ever seen in my life. How did I leave that off my list? Oh, you are so right. Oh, thank you. Thank you, my brother. It was just politically left drivel bullshit, shit, 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 shit. Where Superman disarms the entire world from nuclear weapons and la 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 la. Um, that, if you watch that movie, you will really be happy that Henry Cavill is the new Superman because that was Christopher last fucking try as as Superman and God rest his soul we all love the early Superman movies um, and he was great at it oh my god what a horrible movie horrible 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 part of the problem was they gave um, some production uh, work and some writing some script writing work to Christopher Reeve it was part of the plot was what he wanted which right. says right. a lot yeah. Um, yeah it was atrocious first of all absolutely nothing frightening about a Superman alien coming in and saying, I don't like the way y'all are doing your foreign affairs. We're just going to remove all the nuclear weapons. Well, now what else can't he do? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Gene Gene Hackman uh, as Lex Luthor took it into super campy. The whole nuclear man, um, the the guy powered by the sun. Oh, you're right. That was, that was just atrocious. Yeah. I'm glad you agree with me. I, that might be number one on my list actually. Because it, it kind of ruined it kind of growing up on DC comics as I did and I and I had the Marvel comics too. but Superman was my guy. that ruined it for me. That fucking ruined it for me. So Superman was a leftist pussy before there was a leftist pussies. <laughs> um, can I throw in an honorable mention? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I say honorable mention because everyone hated this movie. I didn't hate it as much as everyone else, and I'll explain why in a second. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I can't believe I left that off, to be honest with you. It's horrible. Well, look, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit, and here's why. When I watched that movie, to me, see, I had read the book, and I Mm -hmm. thought the book was great. The book book is fantastic, by the way. The problem with the movie is the movie was very obviously written by someone who not only read the book, but loved it. Because they left out so much context that gave the book substance and depth. And then you go into this thing, and none of that context is there. It's all hokey. Anyone who hasn't read the book is going to be like, what in the hell is this? Right, Um, right. Since I had read the book, I was able to follow it a lot better. Um, but I just remember thinking throughout the entire thing, eh, people who haven't read the book are going to hate this. Right. No, I hear you. I am currently uh, re-watching the Foundation series on, on Apple TV. You know, I'm an Isaac Asimov geek. And 
I'm watching this going, if somebody hadn't read the novels, there's no goddamn way they'd know what's going on here. Yeah. There's no goddamn way. And so that's that's a hard transition to make. Um, I like it when directors are fan favorite. Like I like I, I, I use this example every time. Dune by Denise Villeneuve. It's it's beautiful and it's along with the book, but if you watch the movie, it's still a great movie if you never read the book. Yeah. You you get it. They and, and it doesn't have to be expositional, which I hate. I don't like a character telling me what's going on. Or, yeah, or, or going back in history and saying, Here's what happened to you, bro, until you came into the office. This is what we had set up for you. I hate expositional cinema c- cinema. You know what I'm saying? Um I don't think we have enough time to do this now, but based on this segment, there's something I'd like to do later. And hey, podcasting audience, just bear with us as we go through what we want to do in later podcasts. Right. Um, but we should do a segment where we do movies that are bad now, but we loved as a kid. Um, there are movies that that I loved as a kid that I just thought were awesome. Uh, like, for example, you know, Space Camp. But when you look at them now, are just absolutely atrocious. The Last Starfighter. I still have a, a a place in my heart for the Last Starfighter, but I haven't watched it in a decade. Yeah, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. But if I rewatch it, I'd be like, "This is grotesque." I'm sure, but so that can turn into a whole another twenty minute segment. We don't need to get into that right now. But I, I think we should we should explore that. Sounds good. Well, we've been on for a bit, my brother. We've been on for. We have. <laughs> Yeah, we were, we were shooting for an hour and we've gone way over that. So, uh, so you're welcome will, out will, there in podcast land. I will, I will, uh, I will give a shout out to Forrest Newman, one of our uh, ex cadets who uh, he said he uh, struggled through the last marathon. He said, "What do you guys think? You're fucking Joe Rogan or something?" Um, we should be so lucky. Yeah, we should be so lucky. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell Let Spotify me, to give us a hundred million dollar deal. Yeah, let me let me let, before we get off before we get off the air. I never do this. Uh, I'm not going to put a commercial in this, but we are on uh, Patreon at Two Grumpy Bastards. Uh, you can find us there if you want to support the effort. Russ just sent me a check a couple of days ago to help uh, with his half of this, and it's substantial. We'd appreciate any support you can give for us. Two Grumpy Bastards Merchandise We're also all the fuck over social media Facebook page Two Grumpy Bastards group we are also on uh, Twitter at Two Grumpy Bastards on Twitter it's a 2 instead of a T-W-O and we're on Instagram which we get a lot more hits on at Two Grumpy Bastards so we'd appreciate your support I mean even just saying hey and if you want your name to be mentioned or you want to share something with us we're Two Grumpy Bastards at gmail.com and uh, you know Russ has got a family to feed and I got a coonhound that needs a lot of attention uh, although he's farting and snoring right now and hasn't eaten his food all day but he's four more if you want more frequent and better content support us so we can do this more full time that's right and and I promise you when we get up to a certain level of patreon people uh, Hooking in, we're gonna have exclusive content over on Patreon. Got that all figured out. 
Um, we will do that. We'll do some Patreon-only podcast or some videos or, you know, uh, I might fly out to uh, Tennessee and follow Russ around with a video camera to let you know what his daily life looks like. You're going to be very bored. <laughs> Well, they couldn't possibly any be any more bored than if they followed me around. Jesus fucking Christ! I, 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 Keep in mind, I'm a boring person to begin with. Basically, right? drive a coon hen around. That's my life right now. I mean, remember, I'm one of those formula people. <laughs> You'll see what a formula looks like, and then we'll contrast it with what a formula doesn't look like. Why just drive around <laughs> randomly with a fucking fourteen year old farting coon hen in the back? Um. Anyway. Uh, we'd appreciate we'd appreciate your help, folks. We really would. A uh, bunch of money comes with this, so thank you very much. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna tag out. Russ, anything? Nope. Stay stay away from Canada. Yeah. Well, hey, keep your focus and stay locus. Motherfuckers. Shelf. But now when I see him, it tells me to fuck myself. Well, play in Canada. Play in Canada. It seems that everything's gone wrong since Canada came along. Play in Canada. Play in Canada. They're not even a real country anyway. 